When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide on what to binge this week. Barney Kinkle, the only person you're going to scare is yourself! Charlie! What are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. <gasps> what are you doing here? Mace! Just in time. There's a whole load of police here. I think they're worried you're going to hurt yourself. How many children are you friends with? I'm Helen Daly. And I'm Helen Kelly. And this week it's our film special with Stefan and George. Hi guys, I'm Stefan Curiouses. I'm our film editor and arts editor for the website. And this is our film specialist, George Simpson. We're going to be talking about two Netflix originals and then we'll get on to what's good and bad about Netflix originals. And then a couple of little hidden treats for you to tuck into at the end. We're going to start off with a rom-com. So brace yourselves. This one is called After. And it starts, I'm going to actually go through the opening lines, where there's a breathy woman's voice. And she says, there are moments in our lives that define us. Moments that we keep going back to. My life before him was so simple and decided. And now after him, there's just dot, dot, dot. Now, you're probably waiting for something profound, shattering, mind-expandingly, blowingly original. Actually, life after him was... After. Yep, that about sums it up. One critic actually said the worst thing about this film is you can never go back to how you felt before you watched it, which is um, a little bit harsh, I feel. But then it's based on One Direction fan fiction, but the main boy is loosely based, um, without any copyright damage, on lovely Harry Styles. And you've got to remember Fifty Shades started as Twilight fan fiction, so we're in that kind of realm. You've got a good girl, Tess, packed off to college, leaving behind a very drippy boyfriend and a very overprotective mother. And guess who she meets? A mad, bad, dangerous boy wearing black, covered in tattoos. Um, She is radiantly pretty. However, she wears frumpy clothes because she hasn't been discovered yet. She needs the right boy to make her bloom. Um, And he comes buzzing along. And now we're going to take a pause. And this is a little bit mean. But our leading man is the magnificently named, I'm going to read this out, Hero Beauregard Faulkner Finds Tiffin. Now, that's a name and a half. Um, if it sounds slightly familiar, he's the nephew of Rafe, not Ralph, Nathaniel Twizzleton Wickham Fines. So it's a family thing, um, but a fine family of actors, nonetheless, um, with great names. So he pouts, he's a bit enigmatic, he sits on rooftops like a kind of emo teen vampire. As we said, wears a lot of black, and she rides a lemon yellow bicycle, just so we get the contrast. Um, however, their eyes meet, it goes slow motion. And guess what? He's got hidden depths and he's just waiting for the right girl to show him he can believe in love. So it's called After. Guess what happens after? Guys, were you shocked and surprised by what happened after? The twist? I I saw it come in like um, less than a mile away. It was so (laughs) obvious. But I was disappointed at the ending because they're kind of like, without spoiling it, the way it ends, I was like, is that it? Mm. That is it. We're, we're credits now. Mm. But I had it's a franchise, right? It, well, there's bazillions of books. She started on Wattpad, I think it is that that like lots of 
self-publishing authors do and had millions of readers and she got a publishing deal so there's a lot of books I guess Netflix will wait and see how this does um, because the critics have not been kind but Netflix will check their viewing and who cares about the critics um, I didn't find it did people think it was a cliffhanger no not in the slightest no. I mean I genuinely thought that was it I thought that was it over um and then mm. I went online and discovered the world. I have to say, um, they could kind of go anywhere with this, with it mm. being fan fiction. Like, the sky is literally their limit. And I was a little disappointed with how boring it was. I thought it was going to be a lot more exciting mm. because fan fiction. And then as well for for Hardin um, to only be, like, into poetry and literature and stuff, I was like, oh, so he's not into music? Like, <laughs> this guy's supposed to be not copyright. Harry Styles. He had, there was, there was a random electric guitar in his oh so arty soulful. He lived in, I don't know if that was the frat house or his house, in this enormous room that had hardback literature. And he's literature. rich and he's gorgeous yeah. and everyone fancies him and he's mysterious. And like, I honestly thought it was quite offensive to Harry Styles because mm-hmm. I feel like he's a lot nicer yeah. than that. Um, and as well, like, it just, not nothing happened. No, really, I, nothing happened. The conflict when it came, there was they had a falling out. It was a misunderstanding, manipulated by the most blatantly obvious. I'm a bad girl because I'm going to stare really meanly every time the cameras are on me. Just so you know, I'm going to do something awful. So there was a misunderstanding, you know, and it's a whole so many clunky lines like "Do you trust me?" and all this this kind of rubbish that just. Oh, I have to just these final lines. This is in one exchange where he stands and goes, I still can't believe it, but you're mine. I don't deserve you. And she replies, nothing could ever change the way I feel about you. Like this, they're, they're supposed to be teenage. I, I, my problem with this, which I think you'll agree, this is really bad for women as women as people, but also a really bad message because this will be watched presumably by younger girls these boys don't exist. This is literally like girls' dreams thinking yeah. like, oh, I'm going to give up my studies for this boy. I'm going to leave my <laughs> mom who's gone through clearly this horrible time in her life. Like, she, you know, dad's like walked out on the family. Mother's struggled. She had a lovely boyfriend who was helping. He was a bit wet. Oh, he yes, was but he was very kind. Like so he, he was controlling. Uh, yes, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And she needed to get rid of him when he's like, so you go to college and you drink now. I'm so disappointed. Yeah. Everyone does yeah. it. She could yeah, have been taking drugs. He was just being caring. I'm going to stick up for Noah, actually, no. because no. he helped the mom out. No. And as well, this is literally like telling girls, like, oh, follow the guy. Don't yeah. follow your dreams. Yeah. Follow the guy. The guy's your dream. Yeah. No, but she's like, when her mom's like, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. She needs that because she yeah. needs to learn to have her heart broken. She needs, she can't be in a cotton wool ball. She needs to be, go out, make mistakes and like, be like have her heart broken and have no money because that's literally what you. But that didn't really happen. No, she got the boy and she lives with a really like a really really rich guy now in like some flat that he's just inherited. Well, that's what should have happened. <laughs> that's yeah. what should he have kind happened. of swooped in and then the whole thing like now you're mine. I, I can't believe it. Saying that she's his, like she's yes. not belonging. Yes. Like that's not what we want. She's a person. You just need to appreciate her as a person. Say I messed up and I can't believe that you you like me. Not you belong to me. I'm, I can't believe I picked you up. Like, and also, bar. you mentioned those trust issues. There's the bit where he takes her to a lake. A little yeah. bit creepy, total stranger, in a car, in a massive wood with a lake at the end of it. Dodgy. But also in terms of messages, yes, okay, he's soulful and he's got all these hidden depths. And they're so careful the whole time that he's like, 
you don't have to do anything you don't want to. Oh, you gotcha. never have to cover up for me. You don't have to hide anything. We can stop whenever you say stop, blah, 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 blah. With the best will in the world in complicated situations, teenage boys or boys are often not going to be quite like that. Mm-hmm. But it's giving this message that even if he's a bad boy, don't worry. He will still respect every boundary and worship you and you will be safe and there's just really bad mixed messages in there as well. Really unhealthy, I thought. Have these people lived? Uh, like, have they gone through heartache <laughs> and stuff? Like, do they know no. what it's like being a teenage it's girl? It's fan fiction. Yeah, but nothing that's bad not happens point. in fan fiction. Oh, but it's, it's just, for people that yeah. haven't. I mean, it's basically yeah. for no disrespect. There are lots of fantastically bright 12, 13, 14 year old girls out there. But it's for the ones yeah. that just want. And it, there's, an, you know, we'll talk about later Netflix films. It's in all of us. We still want to kind of feel like that idealistic teenage swoony fantasy one day my prince will come but i have a fair amount of issues with the big disney message in the first place um this for me is outdated very i think it's interesting that you brought up the audience the 12 to 14 Mm. year olds because i you know i honestly didn't read anything about this film and then i said to my flatmate oh i have to watch this film this week it's called after and she literally started screaming because <laughs> she's an original 1D fangirl. So she started screaming and she was really excited. And she was like, right, I need to watch it with you. It's about Harry Styles, you know? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, so I, you know, I told her, I was like, the film is absolutely pants. Like, sorry. And she was like, I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. fan fiction. I have to watch it. And one thing while we're on the topic of One Direction Anyone notice that all of the tattoos that Hardin had were exactly the same as Harry Styles? Because oh, I, I, I don't know my Harry. So all the, the cards <laughs> on his knuckles and everything. He had, everything. So that's The Harry. boat on his back, like absolutely everything is exactly the so tattoos. No that resemblance Harry to persons on. living or dead intended, but... But actually, it's a coincidence that they have the same tattoos. Just Excellent. wait until the next one when he starts wearing like Gucci suits and stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. he turns into Can't like wait. a 70s Mick rocker. Jagger. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want a boy that acts like Mick Jagger. That's mm. As long as he's got sure. the moves. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think people are going to watch it. I... Uh, it wasn't even a guilty pleasure. I was entertained as I groaned and chuckled. I couldn't believe they said what they said or did what they did. And it was slightly disturbingly entertaining because of that. And I have to say as a a shout out, Josephine Langford, radiantly gorgeous, but in a slightly normal size and shape. Um, I hadn't realized until checking up that she's Catherine Langford's sister, who is 13 Reasons Why, I Love Simon, and all of this. Talented, radiant, comes off the screen at me. So she will survive this. Hero Tiffin, what's his name? Was he a good actor or just was he brooding or just talking slowly? I don't know if that's part of it. I was like, is this the actor or is this the character? Mm. I think it was the script. Mm. Oh, well, it's probably a bit of both. But I mean, we've touched upon it. The script was terrible. terrible. Honestly, terrible. terrible. Like no kids talk like that. I don't even think they swore like at any no. point. Like, yeah, but it just was 12. The film's but, really I mean, 12. you know that you can let out a little, a little swear. Yeah. We all did. <laughs> but um, I just think, you know, this, they they probably deserve better than it. But I wonder yes. how much all of them. I predict great would. things for Josephine. Yeah. Not so sure about Hero. I mean, I wish him well. He seems I, lovely. I, well, I think he's probably <laughs> fine with his family and his connections. And he has a brother called Titan, I'd like you to know. And in I a slightly sexist his way, his sister's called Mercy, which I have a problem with. The girls have all got slightly empathetic lovely sweet names and the boys have all got rampant macho hero and titan names so maybe he was the right one for this film anyway moving on 
George, who's been no to be quiet on the 12-year-old girl. <laughs> Not into Harry Styles. <laughs> it sounds like a Mr. Masterpiece. <laughs> However, he knows all about action. George, tell us about point, I'm not going to say break, blank. Yes, point blank. Um, so this is an action remake of a 2010 French film of the same name. And it reunites um, Anthony Mackie and Frank Grillo uh, from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm. Um, and uh, an Avengers Endgame as well. Um, so it's, you know, it might be one that might interest the the Marvel fans, you know, from the trailer. And, and this is this kind of re- reluctant buddy team-up thriller. Um, and it starts off with uh, Grillo's uh, criminal ape. He ends up in hospital after a shootout and his brother needs to bust him out. Um, uh, so he kidnaps uh, the pregnant wife of Anthony Mackie's Paul. Very, very, very pregnant wife. Yes. And Paul is a nurse who's overseeing Abe in hospital. Um, so Paul then has to reluctantly bust Abe out, and the two find themselves teaming up to pursue their differing interests whilst by being uh, chased by the cops. So, yeah, it's it's quite generic. Um, it's very sort of action B-movie that might remind you of something Bruce Willis is doing in his later years, or maybe Dave Bautista's maybe doing now, the kind of thing that's straight to digital download. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I find it quite uninteresting. You could see a, the twist coming a mile off. I mean, the acting's fine. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fine actors, but you know, you've seen this sort of thing a million times. And weirdly, it's very short. It's 80 minutes like just with a bit of end credits afterwards and it's with a shoestring budget of 12 million dollars which i think is like some episodes of tv cost more than that these days okay ladies was there anything entertaining or i know did you see that twist coming a million bazillion (laughs) miles away it was all very kind of obvious and i'm actually glad that it was 80 minutes because i don't (laughs) think i could have taken any more i watched the last half an hour this morning and was like what like yeah. Really? That's what I saved the last 30 minutes for? There was a fight in a car wash. Yeah. I was entertained by the car wash. It was just kind of amusing. And I'm a big fan of Marcia Gay Harden, who was playing the female cop with a, like a 12-bore shotgun. I'm not sure <laughs> cops actually w- walk into places with 12-bore shotguns, whether or not they use them. We won't spoil what happens with that. Um, uh, yeah, there's much, much, much better films about corrupt police and reluctant buddies, and and even action. And there's Line of Duty, (laughs) which if you want corrupt police, you just go watch Line of Duty. Well, Anthony Mackie was in Triple Nine. Have you seen Triple Nine? I haven't. It's sadly not on Netflix, boo Netflix, but Triple Nine is spectacularly good. And it's got Anthony Mackie, it's got Casey Affleck, Churetel Ejiofor, Gal Gadot, and Kate Winslet as a very hammy Russian mob mobster. She's not even the (laughs) wife, she is the mobster. It's brilliant but that's nerve-wracking and tense and horrible and and twisting and awful and you really 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 are stressed out and worrying this one was it should have I mean these were really massive themes and I just was like it felt like a sort of buddy and it ended with a sort of a birthday cake and a happy snap and yeah I, I get my track numbers wrong but it ended up with was it here I go again down the road was the track playing as someone went here they went again down the road with the music playing and the sunglasses on and that literally summed it up so not impressed it was just all a bit rushed really i mean like Mm. you say it was incredibly short and i even checked halfway through i was like 
feels like I'm coming to the end of this. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I am. Um, I thought Anthony Mackie did the best he could yes. with it. Yeah. He was all yes. right. I like him in an action role, I have to say. Um, the rest of the rest of the cast, I just thought were a little bit misplaced. I didn't really mm. think that anyone got to really play their part that well. You know, we've discussed the, the police officer, but... I didn't really care that she was mm. corrupt because I, I didn't know much. <laughs> I don't really know much about her. Like yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she's in like what, two scenes? Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a massive like ending with her. I don't know. Does anyone else I think so? the most tense moment was the labor part. Mm. I was like, oh, oh, is she? <laughs> do you want some water? Can I get you anything? It's over very juice? quickly though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's had, I mean, she was in labor for quite a while and trying to keep that baby in. <laughs> So, I mean, I would try and keep it in if there's like a shootout going on nearby. <laughs> like, oh, I'd just stop. Just stop and give birth. Like, what are they going to do? They'd just leave you. Well, what if you have to run? Because <laughs> some of them weren't playing. They were like, oh, we'll kill you. They were really evil people. Yeah. They were scary. Bad, bad people. Oh, but apparently. they also had a heart. <laughs> well, the ones on our side did. And the other ones did not at all. And it was pretty cardboard cut out. And, you know, all the actors in it deserve better. And the same actually reminds me in After... I didn't literally didn't recognise the mum at first. Selma I, Blair. Yes, Selma Blair. And I had to really Was s- it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I knew she was oh. in it and I was waiting. And then I was watching the mum again and I was like, that's Selma Blair. Oh, yeah. I really didn't I didn't that. even know yeah. she was in it. Yes. I was watching it, I was like, that's Selma Blair. That is deaf. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely. And then at the end, I was waiting at the credits for Selma Blair to come up and I was like, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> and I was so <laughs> happy that I like recognised her, but she could have had more time. So yes, I think that course. there's with like the cops in this, they, there was no backstory. Like, no. what was on that flash drive without giving too much away? Oh, yeah. Like, what was... like? I didn't even wonder because I just didn't care. Switched <laughs> off. Yeah. But basically everything which is partly with after which I felt with the boyfriend and with the mother and then the bad cops and everything here, which we will now throw ourselves into, is too many of the things that happen in Netflix, especially with good actors they bring in, They're just there for a plot device or to move something forward. And this, for me, as we seamlessly see into the goods and bads of Netflix original films, is everything is done because they're ticking boxes, it feels like to me. They've got a plan. This is a thriller. This is a rom-com. This is a social issue ghetto film. Whatever it might be, we've got seven boxes to tick. And it's what makes a good film is the spaces in between the boxes for me. And that, opening it to the floor, like, for the goods and bads, that's what I felt about these two films, but about most Netflix originals. I think what I've found is that whenever I've watched a Netflix original film, they're kind of scared to make a longer film. Mm. They're all yeah. very short. Mm. They're all under two hours, pretty much. And, and I wonder, you know, with something like Point Blank, would it be improved by an extra half hour? I don't think so. But Love interest. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, on this occasion, probably not. But... Why are they not making longer films? I feel like they don't have enough material. I think it's what what you were saying. You're glad. I I don't think each of their projects has enough substance to it to actually. I think sometimes it's it's you were feeling we were feeling it was stretched to eighty minutes. They're often like an episode of a drama. They've got one idea. You're completely right. All the surrounding characters are so secondary. Which in other films they'd all have their own moments and their own interior lives and other stuff. Or an amazing subplot that right at the end it all comes together. There's only ever one plot, actually thinking, yeah, there's one idea, one plot, and there's not enough going on. So I don't think they could 
They can make two hours. Well, the thing is, when Netflix works, you know, with TV, they obviously have cracked the code there. Mm. They've got something like the OA, which is incredibly drawn out. And, you know, we're two seasons in and we still don't really know what's going on, but they've kept it intriguing enough because they've really explained it all. Whereas they don't, yeah, they don't feel capable of explaining something in, you know, 80 minutes or so. I think the problem is that they're, they're churning out these borderline B movies mm. that but with Hollywood A list stars because they know this is where the audience is and we're not we don't have to convince people to go to the cinema to see this film but there's a star in it and so we just need to make a film around them that has enough of a generic plot to keep someone interesting interested so that we can get our streaming figures which by the way no one else can see mm, unless they're amazing and then they tell you I think I think it's not I think the, the key phrase is good enough it feels like a lot of what they do is good enough. It's not generally awful, awful, awful. Mm. It's completely fine. You can completely happy watch it on your sofa, but they're not. Make would you go out and pay for almost any shaking heads? Like I, re- I rarely go to the cinema unless something really like yeah. that I want to see, yeah. and or I'll be like I'll just wait for it to go on TV or I'll stream it or whatever. But I think these are what I call hangover films mm. where you are too hungover to like really search mm. Netflix. You don't want to watch like The Office or like Always Sunny in Philadelphia again. Like you've watched everything on repeat. You just need like a film and it's easy. And if you forget what happened in the first half, <laughs> it's fine. Cause it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really does it. Yeah. I think the only films that work in this category then personally are the rom-coms because you don't need a complicated plot for you can just go through the motions and as you say it's the easy hangover film sitting in bed with your laptop and your pajamas and with a pizza yeah (laughs) it's you know it's just enough for an hour and 20 minutes oh i feel disrespectful to rom-coms i love rom-coms yes but but you can have a good rom yes okay a rom-com can work if it's not so great but rom-coms should be better can be better and there's there's old 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 ones i mean a lot of, I feel, what Netflix does with the TV where it works and the films where it doesn't work is it wants to be John Hughes. It wants to be The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, all those sorts of things. It's now employing all those actors, which is wonderful, but slightly ironic because it's putting them in a product that's like as a B version of what it did before. But rom-coms should be... They should. I, I was talking about Mystic Pizza the last time I was in here. Three women all complicated, all with interior lives. One doesn't want to have sex at all. One, her boyfriend wants to have sex, but she, um, sorry, she wants to have sex and the boyfriend doesn't. The other one is a college student that falls in love with an older man. And the other one is just thinks of herself as a bit poor white trash, which is Julia Roberts in her first starring role. All have these really painful, beautiful, really moving storylines, but you laugh and sigh and swoon as well because they're proper films that just happened to be a rom-com. I think it's really unfair to say a rom-com is good enough to be like that. It, it's a film. So a rom-com needs to be a film rather than just a rom-com. And actually, I feel that's what Netflix does with all of the things. None of them are a film on their own terms. They're a thriller, a rom-com. Yeah. They're not actually... They couldn't stand on their own two feet against any other genres. And that might be the problem. Do you think it's a budget problem? I don't know. I'd have, they have a lot of money... I think it's a time. Because obviously this was only 12 million, 12 right? million, yeah. I guess half of that went to Anthony Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, maybe if they spent a little bit more on it. I think it's time. I think most films are normally someone's passion project or there's, ooh, what's that? Is it the blacklist or something list in Hollywood where mm. all these scripts float around for years and people bid on them and they 
get improved and tinkered with and they go through various production procedures lots of things in hollywood you know films that win oscars or, or hit the box office often they're like you know bohemian rhapsody whether you loved it or loathe it took over 10 years to get to the screen so films often go through these massive processes not always for the best but time is spent on them i don't think enough time is being spent on netflix they're like we need this one tick three month turnaround it's good enough it's bright and shiny they'll watch it on their sofas so i don't think they're striving it's also kind of like a way that with things like um, To All The Boys I'd Loved Before, it's kind of mm. a way for like young actors. Like mm. I remember seeing so many articles about the young actors mm. in there mm. and kind of brings them to the forefront. And then you're like, oh, and next they're starring in this Oscar nominated film. And it's kind of like, kind of maybe like an introduction to like a broad audience. Mm. Cause you'd be like, oh yeah, I watched that film. They were, they were all right in that. Maybe I will watch this other one. So it's, I kind of see it as like a bit of a step for Either them. A step. Yeah. For but, some of them, but not that's everyone. not enough justification to make that. that but no, we're the not. mugs that are watching someone else's sort of training wheels. Yeah. So we're that's still. That's it. They're not spending a lot of money on it. They're not spending mm. a lot of time on it. So I guess you know, even if they don't get you know dizzying heights of Avengers Endgame viewing figures, they're still doing all right. Yeah. But then it, it comes back to that point that you said about it being good enough. Mm. The irony being in this case that it's not good enough. And really. many. I mean, I I will just briefly. I ranted about it last time, but Shaft. They did spend quite a lot of time about on it, and it's appalling and is packed with the most awful, unhealthy messages about masculinity, femininity, homosexuality, everything. It's just wrong on every, every level. So they're also making these terrible mistakes, but they're making a lot of films that are just, they're not good. I think they're not good enough. And they've got this platform, and they must have enough budget if you get the right filmmaker with the right script and the right people. And also, you're mentioning the people they use. They're starting to do that thing. I hang over, admit to watching Hallmark movies sometimes when I'm very, very tired. They have their stable of actors. So <laughs> you flick through Netflix, and I don't even know if they're worried about I don't think Netflix want them to move on. They start using that cross recognition by you start, even with some of this. I saw some people from Elite, the Spanish series, and now making some other films, and they were in a previous Netflix drama as well. I think they're using that to kind of self reinforce, and it's like your little family. So I'm not even sure they're striving to go beyond. You're in the cosy Netflix happy cocoon and we're sort of lumped in there with them. I think it's worth pointing out as well that there's there's two types of Netflix original. There's these um, meh kind of ones we've just been talking about, but there are ones that are made by proper studios who are then... Um, outbid at distribution by Netflix. And I think those are the good Netflix original films and the ones that are much more cinematic, like um, Outlaw King with Chris Pine. That was a big kind of new Braveheart historical epic. And I thought it was pretty good. And you could have seen that at the cinema. Probably would have been better on the big screen as well. Or the Coen Brothers' latest film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Or even Crazy Rich Asians was originally going to go to Netflix. And that's I think, is a rom-com that's probably too good for Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Have I thought you... I would have liked that to be on Netflix because then I can watch it. But because I, I want to watch it again. No, as film people, go to the cinema. We need people to go to. I cinema. did go to the cinema. <laughs> I so got to like I... independent ones though, so I do go Ooh, to independent. Maybe I don't want it. Netflix films to be so good because then why bother going to cinema? I was just going to say, ultimately, do you want Netflix to make films or not? <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Good films. Oh, stuck stuck in my own <laughs> trap. Whoops. Um, so. Yes, what have you, I, I kind of, I did enjoy some Netflix originals. What have you loved? 
so I really liked Bird Box. Okay. Because I was like, oh, yeah, this looks quite good. Let's watch it. I mean, I couldn't sleep for a few nights. I <laughs> did have some nightmares. Um, but I was really into that. And that kind of did have a little bit of people's backstories, but not enough. But mm. I felt that that was a good length. Was slightly disappointed by the ending. But that was one of the Netflix films that made me go and, like, search for stuff. Like, what was the monster, really? What was this? Like, why okay. couldn't you do this? And when something makes me want to go and search for answers and look up more, I think that's a good film. Well, you were saying you generally forget a film halfway through watching it. So the <laughs> yeah. fact that afterwards you were yeah. still... Yeah. But I was gripped by that one. But then other things like Bright, I, like, I have no idea. Like, I couldn't <laughs> even... Someone recommended it to me and was like, this is really good. This is the Will Smith elves yeah. and ogres in... <laughs> yeah, confusion, like what is going on halfway through? And I just thought, I've lost this. I'm just watching it now to finish the film. It's huge. I, I kind of liked it, but I'm more of a kind of fantasy sci-fi geek. So for me, it ticked some boxes. And that, I think, did very, very big figures for them. I think so. Got destroyed by the critics, but there's more coming apparently. So you can brighten <laughs> up. Look forward to that. All right, guys, so what are hidden treasures? There's good stuff on Netflix. There's lots and lots and lots of good stuff, and there's some really great films on Netflix, some top tips, things that people might not necessarily know about, little hidden gems. I just watched The Perfection. Okay. Um, and I'm anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I am not a horror fan okay. in the slightest. Um, however, The Perfection, you know, it's two uh, female cello players who both want to be the best. They both want the attention of this guy. And it goes on and goes on and there's a jealousy kind of storyline. There's a revenge storyline, but I won't say on who. And, it, you know, it's a kind of Black Swan-esque kind of situation. Um, really tense. Again, not too long. Really tense and genuinely did scare me, but without being like too scarring and damaging. But yeah, some really cool effects in it. And I would actually really recommend it, despite not liking horror. Cool. I would say that reminds me of Jonathan or it's sometimes called duplicate, it had two different names. It's Ansel Elgort, who's wonderful, Baby Driver, which is on Netflix, but well-known. But please watch Baby Driver if you haven't seen it before. And he's going to be in the new West Side Story as well with um, Steven Spielberg. And it's about twin brothers, but they're in the same body. So, and something's been put, like the neuro thing has been put into their neck so that every 12 hours, one goes to sleep and the other one kind of comes up in the head and they communicate with a video message to each other just so they don't make mistakes and overlap because they're pretending to be one person when they go outside. Um, it's really interesting. He's a gorgeous actor. And it was also really sad and melancholy and moving. And it was about identity and who are you? And then jealousy because they were very, they were very different, almost like they were two sides of the same character, but they were technically. Um, that I thought was really interesting and really little known. Um, and I would just say for really fun, if you want a proper rom-com, has anyone heard of Warm Bodies? Yeah. Zombies. It's gorgeous. I hate zombie films. <laughs> Nicholas Holt, <laughs> Teresa Palmer, he's a zombie. She's the girl. And it's the way that zombies start, their hearts start beating again. It's beautiful. If you want, Netflix wants to know how to do something with 80s riffs, old soundtracks, cool people, a clever, interesting idea. And I found it really moving and a little bit tense and it really was undeservedly overlooked when it was released so for me warm bodies warm bodies warm bodies it's a really cute rom-com i think uh, for me i'm going to uh, highlight um, 
the documentaries that are the, okay. are the good end, I think, of the Netflix originals. Um, and one in particular is called Get Me Roger Stone. Um, and I think a lot of people haven't heard of Roger Stone. I hadn't when I, before I watched it. He's this political consultant in America who has been the architect of getting lots of Republican presidents into power, um, especially Donald Trump. And it tells his kind of story and his background and how he'll do anything to, uh, to win, lying, cheating, stealing. Uh, I think he's in trouble now, actually. But he's a bizarre kind of cartoon character. He dresses like the Joker. He's like a dandy. He's a bodybuilder. And he has a tattoo of Nixon's face on his back. Oh, and it's just absolutely wrong, wrong, wrong. fascinating he in and it? infuriating. Yes, and he keeps referring to the filmmakers as those, those liberal filmmakers who keep following me around. It's so oh. funny. It's, uh, and, and infuriating, as I said. That sounds like a horror to me. You want a, <laughs> you want a horror? I don't watch a lot of films on Netflix, but when I do, it is just kind of the ones that I've seen other people watching, like okay. Always Be My Maybe, which, <laughs> surprisingly, I started off not really knowing what was happening, but about 30 minutes in, so I'd be like, you know what, this is not bad for a Tuesday night. I'm enjoying this. And then that's kind of how I like that film. Okay. So and you get I Keanu Reeves it. as well. Oh my God, Keanu Reeves was the highlight. When he walked <laughs> in, I was like, sorry, what? What's the word, George? Keanuessence. Keanuessence. The Keanuessence yes. is happening at the yes. moment. The renaissance of Keanu Reeves everywhere you go. Uh, well, I might suggest, have you seen Easy A? Yes. You must have seen Easy A. That's rattling around on there. Friends with Benefits, mm-hmm. always a gorgeous bit of fun. Uh, and costume drama, social issue and romance, a film called Bell. No, this is a true story of Dido Elizabeth Bell, who was, she had a black mother from the colonies and a white captain, ship captain as her father, and she was brought back and left with a very rich family. And the father turned out to be, I think, the attorney general, something like that. It's all about the end of slavery in the UK. It's about finding your place, about identity, about race. And it's also a really, really, really beautiful romance. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. So if you want a lovely film when you're a bit hungover, but you want to feel a little bit better about yourself as well watch bell because it is lovely i will add that to my extensive Please. film there's some of those people who are like i will definitely watch that and it just gets added to the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it'll pop up on netflix i'm like oh yeah i'm meant to watch that i'll do it now so i will add it to that list that'll be my top tip okay well we've dived into a lot of films there and thank you so much for joining us this week if you like what you heard please subscribe comment and tell all of your friends about us join in the debate on twitter at netflix pod where we'll be teasing details of our next episode so next week it's the return of orange is the new black yay we'll have all the gossip you need to know now the series is coming to an end and we'll have neela debnath with us for your august highlights as well and we'll give you some tips on what you're going to want to watch you don't want to miss it see you next week